This is the High School Football America podcast for April 28, 2020. I'm Jeff Fisher. The High School Football America podcast is brought to you by GameStack, America's premier sideline instant replay system with outstanding reliability and great customer service, plus different plans priced right for every coach's budget. To get a demo, go to GameStrat.com or click on the GameStrat banner ad located on every page of HighSchoolFootballAmerica.com. Heading to Southern California. I don't want to call this guy a dinosaur, but he he's one of the original guys on the <laughs> show back in the day. Yeah, see, I, I got you. You weren't expecting that, Chris. Chris Forrest on the line. Uh, met him, I think it was 2011, Chris, uh, when you, you you wrote your book. And uh, obviously, uh, Coach Four was already out there, coachfour.com. And then uh, you got eightlacesconsulting.org. And then when we moved to Southern California, you were the first uh, one of the first to uh, welcome us to uh, SoCal. So, Chris, welcome to the show. We're going to talk about a lot of things here today but yeah you're a dinosaur face it i'm 59 so i don't even know what that makes me <laughs> yeah hey now now I'm, I'm in my early 40s i can't remember which if it's 43 or 44 somewhere around there Jay. <laughs> well, I don't know either, and I think I misspoke too. It's coach4.org. But anyway, it's good to have you here. I'm glad that everybody in your family is, is staying safe and staying healthy. And I thought this would be a good time on the podcast today to kind of, you know, uh, take, you know, like everybody's doing, right? You're, you're, you're kind of reflecting what am I doing good? What am I doing bad? What can I do better? All that sort of thing. And let's kind of go to what you really trained me on. I remember having a lunch with you down there in Laguna Beach one time and talking about, you know, resumes and, and, and how you were kind of evolving things and teaching coaches that, you know, there's a way to write a resume. And I was just curious, uh, as far as that's concerned right now, what's the activity like? And, and, and if, if a coach is listening to this right now, you know, what should they be doing? Because there is a little bit of downtime I've heard about. So give them, a, give them a little skinny on what they should really be doing to get themselves prepared for the next level, whenever that may be, if, whether it's a year from now or two years from now or right now. Yeah, that's a great question, Jeff. You know, a lot of a lot of teachers I know are, you know, do have a little extra free time right now. A lot a lot of folks in the coaching world are, you know, are teachers and they're unfortunately sitting at home and although a lot of them are working on their their distance education, you've made a great point. You know, this is a good time. You have a little extra downtime, you know, to to get your resume, cover letter, portfolio, get all those things uh up to date and, you know, to to be able to run for that new job when you know, when this is all said and done, um, you know, I I really hope there's not significant cuts out there in, in the field of education. But I know in California here, we've we've heard those cuts may be coming. So, unfortunately, some guys might be looking for a new position sooner than they want to, you know. But, but even if you're not, you know, to be in place uh, once this 2020 season is over, you know, if you're somebody who – has been kind of itching or thinking about that next move, this is a great time to, to get that resume and, and portfolio, you know, up to speed since you have a little extra time. What's uh, what's the, the biggest change, like I said, when, when we first met back in whenever it was, 10 or 11, and, and you started doing what you were doing with the resumes, and then people, you know, you, your, your social media platform got a little bit bigger. What are some of the big questions, uh, changes and questions that you get these days versus, you know, about a decade ago? Oh boy. Yeah, it was 2011, Jeff. And, you know, I reached out to you. I was trying to market my book about high school football championship programs. And man, that you were so supportive and always have been of, of high school football. So I, I really appreciate that and their coaches. So I appreciate that. But the biggest change, um, holy smokes, I, I, that's a really good question. 
I would say, you know, one is just how digital everything has gotten nowadays, as opposed to when I first got into this, you know, this consulting business, the resumes. Now you've got guys who are making full-blown websites, you know, to market mm-hmm. themselves. That's something I did in, in 2010 myself. But back then you didn't have, you know, many guys at all doing that. Now you've got, you know, guys creating some dynamite-looking uh, marketing tools I think we didn't have 10 years ago. I mean, there's, there's some really cool, you know, ways to make graphics and stuff now just on your phone. You don't even have to have very good uh, credentials or programs or experience to know how to make some of that really good-looking stuff that's out there. So I'd say that's probably been the biggest change the last decade here. Yeah. yeah. Chris, yep. Chris Four on the line, a good friend of ours. Uh, you can go to his website, so coach4.org and uh, eightlaces.org. Uh, just great, so much great information there. And, and I guess, you know, is, as I mentioned a little bit before, you know, as your social media platform kind of burgeoned, I mean, you've, you've got some great followers. You, you, you get involved in, in a lot of topics. And uh, sometimes I go, oh, boy, I wish I could say what Chris just said. But tell me a little bit about your philosophy <laughs> on social media and what coaches should do. Because let's face it, you know, schools out there, schools that are looking to hire these guys they're watching that so where, where are the lines what are some of the guidelines you put up uh, for yourself and the coaches should also be thinking about before they hit that tweet button yeah I, I think that is important it is very important to know you know what what you're representing when you do tweet something I have been a person you know who who has an opinion on things and you know I I, I believe when I when I send out my philosophy my messages my thoughts and beliefs on something i you know i i have a strong belief about it and i, I really believe it's not going to hurt you know my employer or my family you know myself personally so there's been times i've you know tweeted something an opinion that i had a strong opinion on something and then decided not to tweet it out <laughs> so, yeah there, there's those times you know but I, I i definitely see some stuff out there and, and cringe a little bit you know but I think you just, like I said, is this going to hurt my employer, uh, you know, if I express this opinion? Because whether or not, you know, what, what, it doesn't matter what you believe, you, you might have the right to tweet something or to say something online or in a public forum. But, you know, at the end of the day, your employer is probably going to win that battle if they don't like it. Um, <laughs> you know, and what's interesting, Jeff, is if, if, if people don't like you, uh, they will find a way to twist and turn something you might tweet to use against you that's happened that's happened to me in the past um you know i i've said some very innocuous something that i was doing during the day that you know just to say hey i'm here i'm doing this and it turned out into you know uh mr four is this or that so it's unbelievable what what people will do what they'll twist and turn your your thoughts and your um sentences into to fit their own agenda so that's where you got to be careful not to give the the haters, so to speak, any kind of, uh, any kind of, uh, ammunition, you know, I, I had, there's, you know, it's kind of been well known in the Twitter world that there's a gal who, you know, has been opposed to youth football for a long, long time. And, and, you know, I tweeted something last summer about her lawsuit against Pop Warner and, you know, she took that to an assistant superintendent in my district here, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, 
it, it is unbelievable what you know what people will do to use against you if they don't like you. So that's where you got to be careful. Yeah, especially battling the sport that we all love. Uh, Chris Four on the line. Uh, you just again, check out his stuff. Uh, CoachFour.org and uh, EightLaces.org as well. And I, you know, it's, you, you read my mind because I was going to make a couple of twists and turn here. So I'll, I'll, I'll kind of move the question up a little bit. You, you mentioned the battle you guys had there in California, and it's not just a battle in California, right? It's all across this country. People wanting to take down youth football. You, you, you won, but the battle will rage, right? But here's my question. What did you learn about yourself through that? Because, you know, without, and he's not going to brag, folks, but I'm going to tell you, Chris did a whole lot on his own time to make this a, a, a victory. And I was just curious, what did you learn about yourself through that? It's not really about the, the cause itself, but I'm talking about you. What did you learn about yourself? Uh, gosh, you're asking some good ones today, Jeff. Uh, okay. Well, that's you know, what I'm here I, for. Yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't like to brag. I, you know, I, I, I try to be a humble dude. Um, I would say one thing I learned, you know, I had a coach when that whole thing hit where legislatures wanted to ban youth tackle football here in California. I got a tweet, a direct message that day from a, a head high school coach here who's also been very plugged in at the youth level for a decade. And he said, Coach, you know, we, we need your help right now. You've got to start mobilizing some high school guys for this fight. And I, did, I had no idea that, you know, this proposed legislation was even out there. We got on the phone that afternoon, and, you know, that phone call literally sprung the, us into action. And, I mean, I had no idea that I would be able to, you know, put together a, a group of guys who, who really I just, you know, I kind of steered the ship and tried to get a bunch of people on it in the right way and then, and then said, okay, I have no idea what I'm doing with youth football. You youth football guys got to take this. And, you know, from that, the California Youth Football Alliance was born and I've developed some friendships with, you know, three guys specifically who really took that bull by the horns. But, I mean, I, I learned that I think each of us has a role to play and my role in that, like I said, just get the ship going in the right direction, get it sailing, and get a lot of people around you who know what they're doing. And uh, that's kind of always been my philosophy in leadership. You know, if, if you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room, you know. And <laughs> I just think that it, it kind of further develops my philosophy in regards to, you know, how to get stuff done. Um, so I think that's maybe something. I, I guess what I learned there was I just didn't understand the influence that I really had, you know, when this guy who's coached at a top program in Southern California is reaching out to me, I'm like, who am I to help start this thing? But at yeah. the end of the day, yeah. I, I think he was onto something. So it, it went well. Well, kudos to you for, for taking the bull by the horns. And I, I did have that in my list of questions I wanted to ask you because I, I do know, and it's not like you did it for publicity or whatnot. I just wanted to make sure that people knew that you did that. And then that kind of dovetails into, you know, the battle is not over. It, it will continue to rage. I, I talk about it with coaches, you know, all the time, especially offline where you can be a little bit more frank about things. But, you know, I, I'm between you and I, and you know I feel this way. I'm disgusted by some of these things that are going on. There is more good that comes out of football at all levels than there is bad. And, uh, you know, we're not putting our head in the sand. There are things that can be improved, and football's never been safer and all that. But, you know, where where do you see this going? I mean, because those people out there that want to see no football are not going to go away. So what's what's kind of the message to the, the fraternity out there and the fans and, and what they can do maybe to make sure that uh, our voice is just as loud as theirs? 
Yeah, great point. A lot of times it's the it's the small vocal minority who gets heard the loudest, unfortunately, because the good people don't speak up. So you're right. I'd say first and foremost, Jeff, it's, you know, the coaches have got to do a great job making sure to keep this game moving in a very safe direction. Uh, coaches, you know, I, one of the things I do on the side is I serve as an expert witness in court cases, and I want to be able to defend coaches and school districts, but Jeff, there's been, you know, five or six cases I've worked on where I had to have a voice against the coaches or the district simply because of the harm that these coaches put kids with. I mean, they changed and ruined the life of a kid because of his poor decisions. Pardon my frankness there. Yeah, that's right. But um, when, when, when coaches, when coaches uh, put their own pride and arrogance their own agenda, their own, we got to win this game ahead of the health and welfare of student athletes, that fires me up. And so first and foremost, we've got to be aware of our policies and procedures and keep making the game more safe than it's ever been. I mean, it's, I wrote an article uh, two months ago, maybe, you know, 37 ways we've made this sport more safe in the last decade. And that's kudos to coaches and administrators all across America. But We've got, as coaches, we've got to keep safety at the forefront of our, of our practice plans and of our, our temperament and of our uh, professional growth. That's got to happen first and foremost to keep this sport moving in the right way. And then second, I would say for the fans and, and the student-athletes and you know, anybody else listening, it's, it's getting on board. It's, it's, it's having a voice of how, how great football is for your son or daughter um, and, and using that voice to express your – your satisfaction with the coaches and the safety of the game when it's needed. That's, that's what that one of the things we found here in California, Jeff fighting this bill was, you know, we had different pockets up and down this very large state where they thought, Oh, there's no way they'll, they'll vote to get rid of youth football. And, you know, we had some people that were silent and, you know, we're lucky this time that they pulled the bill, but, you know, next time we might not be so lucky. So mm-hmm. uh, people people just have got to jump on that boat, you know, when it starts leaving to support this, you know, this great sport. Because you're right, it's the fight. I don't think the fight's ever going to go away. I think just like everything in life, a lot of things are cyclical in athletics. And, you know, right now we're in that cycle where people are going to want to try to ban the sport. And hopefully football outlasts that. And, you know, it'll go away at some point. But at some point it'll come back again so uh those those would be my two talking points there jeff on that yeah, yeah no I, I i think it's good and by the way that uh, that article you wrote was great we did post it up on highschoolfootballamerica.com so you guys can google it we're talking to chris for coach org uh, his resume consulting business uh you can go to eightlaces.org and uh you know you, you, basically what you were saying there is you know we got to come together right and the, the, the coaching yeah. profession has always been tight right there's no doubt about it everybody reconstitutes various schemes and all that stuff or whatever the word is you want to use today borrow steal <laughs> whatever you want but uh, uh. you know I, I i what i've really liked about what's going on during the covid uh the pandemic we're going through is watching coaches online through zoom and that sharing there seems to be a, a fraternity there that's always been tight but it seems to be getting tighter uh because of what's going through with the, the various clinics we're seeing what are your what what's your take on all these uh, zoom clinics that you know it's short of the one that i tried to do with all you coaches and got zoom bombed but aside from that what's your thought on the clinics 
Oh man, it's been awesome to see. There, there's, uh, you know, Coach G. I can't even pronounce his last name. Justin, I think it's Granduddy, uh, who's you know a high school coach. He's done more than any, more for coaches than anybody in America during this time. I think with, he's been holding you know five, six, seven, eight clinics a day for weeks and weeks now. It's so impressive. It's, it's awesome. It's great to see. I mean, he's built a a uh, Google drive now that rivals some of these major, you know, clinic, uh, uh, companies. So no, it's really, really neat to see coaches. Just a lot of these guys who think, man, I might not have anything, you know, anybody else wants to see, but, but they'll get on there, hold a, you know, hold a webinar and have 70 or 80 coaches from all over the country on there. So it it has, it's been really neat. It's been encouraging. I think kind of a shot in the arm, you know, that that coaches need at, at just the right time to, you know, to kind of get through this this idea of, of sitting around and waiting out this virus and and until politicians open things up, uh, it's been really, really cool to see. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, for those of you who don't know, you know, Chris has been a, a, a coach at many levels, uh, high school, uh, JUCO there for a, for a little little bit, and uh, then you went into athletic administration, and now you've, uh, I don't know if it's the dark side, you're <laughs> in the administration yeah, yeah. now, right? But, um, yeah. but but one of the questions I've been having fun with, um, with the coaches, is, as we try not to dive too deeply into the coronavirus as far as what it all means, but I, I like this one, I want your take on it, because I think you might have a good one on it. And, and here's the question. So at some point, we're coming out of this, right? And you're going to have a bunch of kids in front of you at some point as a coach. And you've got to, you know, and you're going to have kids at all levels, right? You're going to have those kids that are like, let's go, man. Let's, hey, you know, there's meat in front of us. We've been waiting to get out of the cage. And then you're going to have yeah. some other kids at the other end of the spectrum that maybe, you know, I don't know, man. I'm, I've been watching the news, and the news has given me negative, negative, negative. Is it a good thing to go and do a tackle drill with it? You know, that sort of thing. And I'm just curious what you would say having had so many hats in your career in that very first meeting to kids. Not that you're going to make it, you know, COVID-19 front and center over football, but you should probably have that conversation. I'm just curious what you would think you might say to kids that are in front of you that may not be on the the side of, boy, is this the right thing right now? Yeah, I would say, you know, you, you just have to let them know that their safety, you know, like always, hopefully you're running a program, you have a reputation with your kids that that their safety is of utmost importance and, you know, follow the, follow the guidelines on what, you know, whatever the guidelines are when we return to school and who knows at this point, you know, what those are going to be, but just do your best to follow those guidelines, even within our program, you know, we might see some simple things like a water break, you know, changing for a long time now. Does every kid have their own individual bottle now, you know, Um, you know, instead of a water horse type of thing out there. So there may be some of those precautions, coaches have to think of that we haven't had to think of before, you know, and just, um, so I would say just let the kids know that no matter where they are on that spectrum, you respect, you respect where they are and their safety and well being is going to be far above anything else, you know, within the program. And, and again, hopefully, you know, when you say those things, um, they'll respect it, you know? Yeah. And, and know that you're the leader and they can come to him and discuss those sort of things. Yeah. I was funny. I was talking when Jesse Negro from St. John Bosco was on the podcast the other night, we were talking about it, you know, what happens now during a timeout, right? The managers run out onto the field with the water bottles. 
are we going out there with 11 now? And then are we, I mean, it's, it, it's really going to be odd to see what, or it's going to look odd. It's going to be different. There's no doubt about that. Chris four on the line. And, and then, you know, one of the other questions that I think, you know, you're very well suited to talk about here is being the football coach that you, you are, you're still, you're still in that capacity. I know you may not be doing it physically, but um, what happens because there's a lot of conversation, especially in the warm weather States, whether it's California uh, here in Georgia, Florida, where they're saying, well, you know, if we have to go to January, you know, football's big enough to, to be pushed, right? Football is the big sport in, in high school. Um, how how would you feel about that as a, a, an administrator where you may have a, a basketball coach or a baseball coach losing an athlete uh, because things have been changed to a different time period and football is kind of the 800-pound gorilla? Got a take on that one? Yeah, no, I, I don't think I've seen some, you know, some coaches tweeting about that. Those some of those ideas. I don't, I don't think that's fair. I don't think it's the right thing to do to move the football season to another sport. I mean, I, like I said, I'm a football guy. Did it for 18 years, um, but I just, I don't think, you know, as an admin, not even, you know, when I was an athletic director, head football coach at one time, I would have told you the same thing. I just, I just don't think that's fair to the other coaches, the other right. yeah. kids on your campus, you know, to make that move. I, I just. I don't think it lines up with anything the right way. You know, if we're education-based athletics, I don't. I don't think that that's something we should entertain. To be honest with you. Well, and and then you know, I'm going to go to the last question because you do have an opinion that you don't uh, mind putting out there. So if you had to, you know roll some dice right now or put a bet down not that i'm encouraging gambling or anything but uh are we going to have a 2020 high school football season uh i think so i mean i i think we will i i don't know here in california i don't know if we'll ever have football again in this state <laughs> with, our, with our governor i don't know it sounds like he wants this bottle us all up forever but uh no, all, all kidding aside, Jeff, I think uh, I think we'll see. I, I definitely think we'll have football this year. I mean, you know, that's the thing. I've been telling some coaches and some kids around here, you know, who are kind of freaking out about everything. And, I mean, so much of this whole virus and the virus, what I call the virus management, if you think about where we were a month ago to where we are today, so much changes, you know, that, that we're learning through medical, you know, the medical community, learning through tracking this virus and all of that uh you know you think about this is only what may or april 28th uh we're recording this i mean you you think about another month from now everything else we'll know and and hopefully you know by by june 1 if people are listening to this we've got a good solid plan you know to move athletics forward yeah and you know what i was going to let you go on that one but something came to my mind as you were saying what you just said and folks for those of you who haven't heard chris on the show and we did this i think the very first one when we introduced you you know your life has not been easy when you were in high school you were in a horrific car crash you lost your friend who passed away and uh your life was not uh not not doing too well at that point either and and it makes me and i'm not even sure if i'm going to phrase the question right but you've seen some bad stuff. Now, I personally feel the media has overblown this to a certain extent, and I'll just put that out there. What you had, I think, was worse. And I, I just wonder if yeah. there's an anecdote within your life story going back to that time when you may have been examining parts of your life that no teenagers should have been examining. Is there any anecdotes in there that you can correlate to what we're going through now to show, like you said, we are going to come out of this, there is going to be a better day, there is going to be football, there is going to be blah, 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 blah. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I would just say life, you know, life is very precious and you're right. I was, you know, when all my buddies were out all of July that, that year, when I was going into my junior year, you know, my friends are all out playing football, getting ready and I'm sitting in a hospital bed and, and our other friend is, you know, in a casket. I mean, you definitely reevaluate, you know, your life at that time. And, and you really take an inventory of, of how precious stuff is, you know, and how, I mean, how precious life is and family and, and everything you do. So, you know, Jeff, it, it is weird. I, I think it's overblown too, you know, um, and I don't want to make light of this, but I, I, I don't know one person, I don't know one person, you know, I don't have a friend or a family member who has suffered at all from this, uh, this virus, but I do know two guys, an athletic director I know, and one football coach I know who both in the last two weeks, they fell off a ladder. One of them fell off a ladder, broke his neck. One of them fell off a ladder, then had a heart attack leading uh, to surgery. And it's like, I mean, to to me, that kind of hit me yesterday. Like, it's just kind of part of life. You know, two guys who should be at work, right? They're not because of this virus. So they're doing honeydew lists around their own house. And then both of them have horrific accidents falling off a ladder, you know, um, and it's like, gosh, life is just, life is just precious. And there are accidents and bad things waiting right around the corner for all of us, you know, at some point. So, um, I don't know. I mean, that's, no. I don't know if that answers. Yeah, no, it, it, it does. It just made me think because, you know, I, I feel the same way when I had my stroke. I'm coming up on seven years ago. It's it's changed me in, in a good way, uh, you know, and, and that's not to say that I don't have some bad days and all that, but shit, it's, you know, because it is a podcast, I can say shit. Shit, <laughs> there, there, there's another, another thing out there that might be worse than all that, and I just appreciate you uh, taking the time here to, to speak honestly because I think some of these things are going to be very, very helpful. I mean, uh, you know, I think it was it's your honesty that led to, you know, getting that bill defeated and, and keeps youth football, you know, up there in California for for all the kids to enjoy and all that. So I just, you know, appreciate your friendship. I uh, love what you do for the sport uh, on many different levels and uh, just keep safe and healthy. And uh, I guess someone once said this uh, much smarter than I, uh, this shoot, this this too shall pass. So with that being yeah, said, you know, just just thanks for uh, for joining us today. Uh a lot of good nuggets in there, folks, and you be safe out there, and we'll talk soon. Thanks, Jeff. Great talking with you. Don't forget to follow High School Football America on all of our social media platforms. Twitter's handle is HSFB America. On Facebook at facebook.com forward slash High School Football America. And our handles on Pinterest and LinkedIn and Instagram, also High School Football America. The High School Football America podcast is brought to you by GameStrat America's premier sideline instant replay system with outstanding reliability and awesome customer service with different plans priced right for every coach's budget. To get a demo, go to GameStrat.com or click on the GameStrat ad on every page of HighSchoolFootballAmerica.com. I'm Jeff Fisher, and you've been listening to High School Football America podcast.